Once again, good morning. And uh, I'm not just encouraged. I am immensely encouraged uh, to think about the elders and their families that serve and lead us in such a great way in North River. It honestly is one of the reasons why Kelly and I chose to move here almost 14 years ago, not only to be able to help uh, grow a church and reach out to those who need Christ in the center of their lives, but also to be shepherded as well myself. And so it's, uh, it's a tremendous honor. We, uh, we really have so many terrific servants in, in our church. Uh, we've actually have, I think, dozens of men and women who we could stand up on this stage and, and honor and be encouraged by their life and their years of service. But the role of an elder, it's a very unique role. If you haven't studied it out, be sure to do it. Uh, it's needed in a, uh, in a growing church, in a mature church. It's God's plan. And uh, you have to have a willingness. You have to have an availability. Uh, it's a commitment of time, of emotional energy. And let's pray hard for our, our elders and their families here in North River. Um, today, we're, uh, we're kicking off the, uh, the Thanksgiving season. We've got a tradition here at North River, and for many, many years around this time, as we anticipate going into a year, uh, the end of the year, where Black Friday's on top of us right after Thanksgiving, where consumerism is just all around us, where the holidays are, are we're tempted to turn it into some turnstile of retail and activity as opposed to real time for family reflection and, and great spiritual times together. And I remember we kind of started off with Jim and Lisa Casanza several years, for several years would write a newsletter article and help us get our mind and our heart focused in going into this time of the year. And it's in the spirit of, uh, uh, of this same kind of theme that we have in this month of November a real focus on benevolence, on the YES program, on serving orphans, uh, whether it's in Africa or other places, doing things like the angel tree, being able to, to, to talk about stewardship and how we use and think about what God has given us. And I'm, not only, I'm thankful not only to have elders who are not lovers of money, but are willing to teach and share and help us set our minds in this, uh, in this respect. We live, if you haven't noticed it, in a crazy world. NFL players are beating up on each other on national TV. Venice, Italy is underwater. California's on fire. And people are killing each other over fast food chicken sandwiches. And yesterday, one of the most inspiring uh, college football players in decades, you know, ended his season and perhaps his career in what they called a freakish hip injury, just reminding us one more time how fragile life and our dreams really are. And how much we need, not just appreciate and kind of enjoy, but how much we need God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and his people to help us have the right kind of frame of reference. And so uh, this morning, uh, we've honored God in communion in our worship. And as we open the scriptures and open up the Bible, let's have a, a tremendous heart of, of gratitude and submission to how God wants us to think 
orient our lives and live together as families and as a, uh, as a church family. So I'm happy to be able to, uh, to share about this. Last week, if you remember, in the theme of our All Africa service, there was the, the concept of our heart, the heartbeat that we have. And there was one riveting passage that was highlighted that uh, we, many of us are familiar with over the years, Proverbs 4.24, above all else do what? Guard our hearts, for from it flow the wellsprings of life. Now, it is, it, you know, our, our most important thing we have right now is our salvation, our faith, our relationship with God. But the thing to really be on top of is how's my heart this morning? How's my heart going into this season of the year? It has nothing to do with how you relate to a certain leader or a certain song or a program in the church, but it's all about how we meet God every day and, and work to have the right kind of heart. There's this quote. I just do want to throw one John Eldridge you know, quote up here you know, for us. It's a powerful, powerful thought. The story of your life is the story of the long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you could be and fears it. I wonder if you would subscribe to that. God has this tremendous dream for us. We're his, 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 his boy and his girl, and he's got all these things he wants us to experience and to be able to give back to others, but it all revolves around the condition of our heart. And then we have the enemy, the dark one, who constantly is trying to, to, to chip away at our heart. And what can help us with this among many things? What can help us obviously is the Bible, but it's a heart of gratitude. That's where we're going for this next month is to try to help every one of us, our members that are here our honored guests, if you're here with us this morning, to be able to focus on truly having a heart of thankfulness, of gratitude that leads us to thanksgiving. When we're thankful and grateful, we always give back in so many varied forms. Let's go to the Bible now. Open up to Philippians chapter 4. You remember we just finished a series on uh, Philippians and this three-week series where we're focusing on this idea of stewardship. It all belongs to God and we're simply, you know, managers, you know, for him. And as we focus on Jesus and his mission, the, uh, the book of, of Philippians can really help us, obviously, leading in into this time of year. Look in chapter 4 and look at this familiar passage. Rejoice in the Lord always, I'll say it again. Okay, so you grumpy people, is anybody grumpy in the audience? Not enough coffee, you know, things didn't go good. I know it is hard to rejoice. It doesn't say be happy, but it does say rejoice in God. Be grateful. And he, he says, you know, I realize you need help on this many times, many mornings, so I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everybody around you. Don't be anxious about anything, the enemy of gratitude, the enemy of thanksgiving. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Be at peace. Don't worry about anything, but rather, he says, uh, in every situation, by prayer and petition, that's asking God, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what will happen? Peace. Peace will guard our hearts 
the peace which transcends all under human understanding, will guard our hearts as it turns out and our minds in Christ Jesus. So how do we guard our heart? How do we, above all else, you know, guard our heart? One of the primary ways is with a heart of thanksgiving and gratitude and being truly thankful for what God has given in our lives. And it's not that easy. It's easy to say, but it's a tough place to live like that on a continual basis, you know, in, uh, you know, in our lives. And this is really interesting what happens next. Here's what the Bible says. Now, finally, he tells us what we should focus on and think about in our day coming up the rest of today, the rest of the week. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what's he tell us to do? Think about it. And he goes on. And whatever you've seen or learned, he says, or received, are heard from me. This is a human being. This is a leader in God's church, the Apostle Paul. Whatever you've heard or seen uh, in my life, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is a very, it's a very interesting thing, you know, to me. It's, uh, it, it's not a competition here, but the Bible tells us that it's very important to look at the good examples around us. We just read it. And whatever we've been able to see in their life, we're not talking about theology here, we're talking about a way of life. And then he also says in this context of elders, I'm trying to fold in my brief comments this morning with what we just experienced, the presentation of new elder candidates and thinking about that role in the church as well as the role of stewardship, you know, in our lives. It says, remember your leaders those who spoke the word of God to you, you know, and consider the outcome of their way of life and do what? Imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same today, yesterday, and forever. Is there a competition somehow between honoring Jesus and also following leaders God put in our life? Not according to the Bible. They both are important. Obviously, most important, keep our eyes focused on Jesus and all the, what is right and beautiful and pure in our life. But there is something where the Bible says, acknowledge your leaders and imitate their faith. It's such an important you know, aspect of our life to be able to have an, an example here. I, uh, you know, I've, I've done reflection a lot um, over, over this last week. Always this time of year, it's this way for me because in a couple of weeks... I celebrate my spiritual birthday. We'll have more baptisms. We already had them this week. We'll have more after the second service. But for me, it was uh, December 5th, 1969. That's almost 50 years. So it'll be 50 years in a couple of weeks that I was baptized as a freshman. And, uh, you know, you do think about things when you hit these. I mean, a marriage when you hit the 50-year mark, you know, your, your own life when you hit 50 years. You think about being a disciple for 50 years. Yeah, I've had some great years and some rotten years, which I've been very open about with, you know, with all of you. But you do think about your life. And the way I've been thinking in the context of this, these scriptures this morning is that uh, if, if you've been raised, if you've had the incredible honor, privilege, blessing of being raised in a committed Christian family with a father who exemplified some of the very things we saw in the men on, on this stage this morning. 
I think it's probably almost impossible for you to appreciate how, how blessed you are. And I mean, just like in this country, it's almost impossible to, to, to fully grasp how blessed we are. I mean, Black Friday for most people is, is every Friday of their life for billions of people. We're so incredibly blessed in this country. You can't even believe it. It's almost impossible unless you travel outside this country and not to Hawaii on vacation, okay, or on a cruise. But I mean, it's, it's almost possible, and it's almost possible, impossible for you, if you had that blessing, to relate. My, I talked to my brother this week. It's my younger brother. And um, he lives out in Grass Valley, California, on a ranch. And um, when, uh, when we were young, uh, I, I was a year and a half old. My mom was pregnant with my brother, Billy, and my, my dad just took off. He's a con man, as it turns out, had another family or was about to have another family. Really never saw him again except for one time when I was six years old. And we've actually tried to contact him over the decades, but, you know, haven't been able to do that. And uh, he just took off. He married my mom under assumed name. I had the wrong name. My name was changed five different times growing up as a, you know, as a little kid. And uh, I want to tell you, I stand in awe personally. What it would be like to have a dad like Sherwin or Harold or Jack Frederick or Ross McKenzie or John Dakota or Bob Keene. I mean, I just can just Ed Yeoman. I mean, to, to be raised in a Christian family like the Kodinskys or the Karamitases, I mean, it's like, it's like, that's an alternate reality. That's just incredible for a guy like me to even think about it. My dad took off when I was a year old. Alex and Jasmine have a year old baby. So did Jordan and Latoya. To think about being raised by them when I was a one-year-old? I, I, do you get it at all what I'm talking about? If you've had that kind of blessing, get down on your knees before God and say, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, but for all of us, regardless of where we find ourselves, you know, this morning, whatever situation we find ourselves in, in our family, craziness like mine or a really... Great one. There is still much to be grateful for, especially if you're saved, <laughs> your sins have been forgiven, you have an inheritance in heaven kept there for you, and your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. We got a lot to be thankful for this Thanksgiving season, but especially if you have the incalculable blessing of having had a mom and dad who loved God first and then you with all of their heart and have raised you to love Jesus and his church. I hope this is live streamed, this first service. You know, please send it on out. I just want any and everybody who's had that kind of honor to really stop and be grateful and to be appreciative. And for us of us, we're just glad they let us in the ark, right? We're just happy to be here. 
and that we can be growing, you know, in, in, in Christ. I, uh, you know, the Bible also says something else about leaders. This is really important. It's right in the Bible. And you have to gauge when we, we open up the scriptures and we look at these passages to what degree this represents the content of your heart and your attitude and your focus. Here's what the same chapter goes on to say about these leaders in our life. Have confidence in your leaders. Are they perfect? No. Are they flawed? Of course, just like every mom and dad would be. But the, what the Bible says, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority. Do leaders in the church have authority? Obviously. To tell you what to watch on Netflix? Oh, watch this. Nope, not that, that. Okay. What color sweater to wear? What job to have? No, that's not what we're talking about. He's talking about things that have to do with the body of Christ. And they, they do have authority, and hopefully, you know, they're godly men and women, and we pray for them. And he goes on and he says, they have to give an account. That's a sobering thing to think these men on this stage, and me, super sobering for me, have to stand before God someday and give an account to the church. Would you like to be in that situation? You know, I know some of you are willing and have and will continue to do that, but it's sobering. And so what the Bible tells us, do this so their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. How do you make your leaders work a joy? Well, you pray for them, right? And you just try to make their work a joy. You know, you can, you can, be, you can practice stewardship in the body of Christ. You can have a beautiful spirit. I gotta, I've never had a text in my life like this one. And I, I, you know, I want to be able to share it with you. It was on, this is from one of our, our young married, um, uh, our young families. And um, let me see if I can catch it. Here it is. I got this text. This was about, um, I had a nice fellowship with one of our, uh, the, the men who heads up one of our young families. And we had a, had a good chat. And, and we text, were texting back and forth that evening. And here's what, here's what he said. He said, actually, uh, my, uh, my top prayers are for the church leaders here. You guys have the toughest roles in life. I shared that with Jeff Hickman. The main role I see myself in the church is having to encourage our leaders. That's my passion, is being an encourager to people who deserve it and need it but don't get it. And then he added, you won't ever find me complaining about church service style, air conditioning, length, time, etc. I know too well, you must get it all the time. <laughs> I also have never in the history of my life as a, ever gotten a text quite like that. It's great to know there's one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Maybe we can double it this week. And, you know, that's, that's a little attempt at humor. I mean, so many of you are wonderful about this, but hey, it, and you, mo most of you know what it's like to have to lead in some fashion, in your family, in a small group, in, in a team at work, and you know what it's like when people really make your work a joy. Communicate honestly and straightforwardly with you, care about you, pray for you, support in whatever way, and that is a spirit of gratitude and the spirit in the New Testament. Um, I... Uh, you know, wow, I don't have much time. That's what happens on these special Sundays. But how about we look at a wonderful passage in the Old Testament in, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 26. I want you to kind of uh, put yourself here because 
God's people have been brought into the promised land. They're quote-unquote saved now. And, and, and here's what they're instructed to do in uh, Deuteronomy 26. When you've entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, and you've taken possession of it and you've settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then, then go to the place the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for, uh, for his name. And say to the priest in the office at that time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord swore to our ancestors to give to us. And then the priest will take the basket from your hands and put it down at the front of the altar of the Lord your God. And then you shall declare before the Lord your God, my father was a wandering Aramean. And he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to hard labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice. He saw our misery, our toil and oppression, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror and signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and he gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. Place the basket then before the Lord God and bow down before him. Then you and the Levites and the foreigners residing among you shall rejoice in all the good things the Lord your God has given to you and your household. Not sure if that was your heart when the basket was passed this morning, but hopefully that can be the heart of gratitude in whatever God puts in front of us to give, to give our time, our heart, our money, just to remember that thanksgiving is all about thanks and giving because God has given so very much to us. Amen. Amen. Amen.